So we are starting a brand new series today. Absolutely awesome. Our sermon series for the next couple of weeks is going to be called 2020. Now every other church is using this title because it's, it works because next year is what? 2020. But how many of you guys know that New Year's resolutions don't usually work if they start on January 1? Hello. But as kingdom citizens, we're called to this mandate to be working on ourselves every day. Can you say every day? Every day. Every day. So it doesn't matter if the year changes. My resolution every single day is God, make me over, make me better, make me, make me better than I was yesterday. God, give me the skills that I need to push forward today. God, that random people would show me favorites so I could do what you want me to do. So we tried to figure out like, what, what is this? Is this like, what kind of series is this? But this one's going to be on relationships and family. So this is what I need you to do. I need you to open up your phone right now and I need you to write down three people's names that need to be in the room that are not here. For the next couple of weeks, you need to invite those folks. They can wear what they want to wear as long as it's not revealing, you feel me, right? Decency and in order, no swimsuits. But we wanna make this place our living room so that we can break down what it means to have a relationship with yourself, with your family, with your money a relationship with your time, a relationship with your past and your failures so that we can have good relationships. Because how many of you know that your life moves at the speed of your what? If you don't know nobody and you ain't going nowhere, it's not always you. It might be that you're not hooked up with the right people. But today what we're going to unbox is when you connect with yourself. Can you say yourself? Can somebody say me, myself, and I? There's three different facets of who you are, but every single one of them plays a part. But what we wanted to do today is we wanted to have a little bit of fun. Can you look at your neighbor and say fun? How many of you guys watch daytime television? Do you like like when people interview people and like they ask them the raw questions and they get the raw answer? What if we did that this morning with our pastor? Are you guys interested in that? Okay, okay. So can we do it like they do on like the shows? So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna introduce him and after I introduce him, I need a monstrous roar of applause as he comes, okay, cool? I mean, I even got my tea. I don't drink coffee, but I'm trying to be official. See? Okay. So here it is. So today on the uh, uh, Ambassadors Worship Center show, good morning, how are we all doing? <laughs> today what we're going to do is we're going to be interviewing probably one of the most profound individuals in this organization called Ambassadors Worship Center. This is all off the dome, by the way, so somebody owes me a cookie. I don't know who it is. God, got the juice. He's a world-renowned speaker. He's a motivational speaker. He's a real estate owner. And he makes sure that he always builds people's lives up through his words. He's an empowerment builder. He's a group leader. But he's also a world-renowned writer. He's a published philanthropist and all those types of things. This morning, can we please invite none other than Pastor Martin Williams to the stage. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. church if you can't have fun like what, what's the point if you if you don't laugh to the point where your sides are splitting and you're tearing up we want you to cry in front of God and in like faith but what if we cry in laughter because this faith life is supposed to be fun right so this morning we thought that it would be like an amazing opportunity for us to interview him just so that the, for those of you that know him you can be refreshed on who he is but for those of you that don't know that once he is done speaking you can get the feel of who he is amen is that cool? Yeah. 
Okay, thank you musicians, this is great. This is awesome. You ready? So at first, I have a couple of interview questions, but I thought that it would kind of be cool if we could do like some one minute, like on the spot sermons. Would you guys like to see that? Like random topics that he hasn't seen to see how witty he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Pastor Martin, so here it is. I have four topics. And um, of these topics, you're going to give me a one-minute sermon at the best of your ability on this topic. We don't need necessarily scripture. You can give us references, but does anybody want to see this? It's going to be good. Here we go. So, Pastor Martin, could you please give us a one-minute sermon on a Coke bottle? Coke bottle. Quiet in the audience, please. So, thank you. Everybody wants what's inside the Coke bottle. But to really enjoy the Coke bottle, you have to understand not just what's in it, but why it's in there. The shape of the Coke bottle draws your attention. How it's formed. Someone put a lot of energy into that. In the same way, God put a lot of energy in how you're formed. Come on, man. And it's very important that you pay attention to your form. Come on, man. And make sure people understand your form before you let them drink from you. Quiet on, quiet on the set. Quiet on the set. Quiet. Hey, Catlin, next week, I need a totally new crew. They too loud. I don't know who they are, but they acting unfamiliar this morning. All right. See, you need a... You need a... The, the, the people who drink from you, you have to understand that you don't live your life with the cap open. If you live your life with the cap open, by the time the real people who deserve to drink from you, <laughs> you will be what we call flat. <laughs> yeah. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, that's good. All right, none of us are impressed, so we'll, um, that was just a warm-up. That's a warm-up. All right, Pastor. Hey, man, chill up. Here we go. Can you give us a one-minute sermon on David and Goliath? What David understood, what most people didn't. <laughs> just like that, okay is that when God saw the problem of Goliath, he allowed his mother to get pregnant with him. And all this training that David did in the wilderness, the wilderness of your life, the brokenness of your life, the loneliness of your life, the rejection of your life, one day if you hold on in the wilderness, it will match up in a moment in time where the giant 
that is killing everybody else, you will have the one tool to take him down. So you just have to survive the darkness, survive the rejection of your brothers. It won't be the people outside your life that hurt you. It will be the ones you've given yourself to, your family. But one day, Goliath becomes a door for you. And once you take him out, even your family will be restored to you. That's my one-minute sermon on David and Goliath. <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah. All right. All right, I got one. So give us a one-minute sermon on the significance of a slingshot. Slingshot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me how how much people want to be like everybody else. Everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to, to be in a place where people admire them. But the only thing people can really admire about you is your difference. No one ever admires sameness. Mm. David had a gift to use a slingshot. It was unorthodox. It was outdated. It wasn't modern, modern warfare. But it was his gift. And we just need to be comfortable with our gift. Mm. And when you get comfortable with that gift... Come on, dog. In privacy. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yes. It is then that God will reveal that gift to the world. Yes. But you have to practice in privacy. You have to learn the discipline of it. So if you wake up, you can sling it. You can sling it at midnight. You can sling it in the afternoon. You can sling it in trouble. You can sing it when David was running from his own son, but he had his slingshot in his pocket. The slingshot is your unique calling, your unique gift, your, your unique talent, and, and, and that's the key to your life. Your gift, your slingshot will bring you in front of great men. Your gift will make you very wealthy. Your gift will attract the right people to you, but most of us don't know what that slingshot is. And that's why this church exists. We're not here just to get people saved, Joshua. There are plenty of churches that do that. We're here to make sure they understand why they were saved. What their gifts are, what their callings are, where in the world they can use those gifts. So we, we want them to polish their gift. In other churches, they want you to be the same. But we're saying we know you're different. We, we expect you to be different. We expect God to use you in different ways that he's not using other people. That's a two-minute sermon, I guess. I've been stumped. All right, Pastor. Can you give us a one-minute sermon on the, um, 
on what can happen if your perspective is not correct of yourself. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> it wasn't written, see? <laughs> most, people, most people live their life responding to what happens to them. Mm-hmm. That's good. But God never uses people like that because they get stuck. God uses people who can be in something but not turn into the thing they're in. God uses people who can go through something and doesn't allow it to be a permanent state. God uses people who know how to forget. That's good. Wow, that's good. Who know how to forget because God wants you to be able to go through fire but come out smelling like Febreze. That's good. So perspective, what you went through, you have no control over it, Joshua. Mm-hmm. What they say to you at school, what they, how they bully you at school for being short and fat, how they don't understand you're not reading well, how people don't like you for several reasons. When you come home, I just say to you, don't be concerned about any of that. Right. None of that. Because if you, if you find out who you are and why you are and decide to look at it like this, your perspective is your decision. What happens to you is not your decision, but how you see it is your decision. And once you decide to see it the way God sees it, you can't help your brothers until you're transformed. Okay. God hides ignorant people. So until you're transformed yourself, Peter, once you are converted, then I'll let you help your brothers. Oh. He hides them. He hides them. Gotcha. Because he hides them because if you come to me with something that happened to you out there, and I say, I know what you mean, Josh. Me too. It was a rough day for me too. It's a hard world out there, oh, son. Oh, I get you. I get you. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. It's hard out you. there. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't like me. I didn't get the raise. They called me names at work. I've been trying to get that promotion. They keep looking over me. So I understand. You got bullied at school today. I understand. I got bullied at work. Come on. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Well, I can never expect God to use me. That's good. Now, if you come home and tell me what happened at school, and I say, oh, I know about that, but tell me what you did today. What'd you study? What'd you learn? Who did you help? How did you decide to see them? And you say, Dad, I did what you told me to do. Everyone who criticizes me, I just see them for what they are. They're just sick in the head. And I treat everybody that's sick in the head the same way. Oh, that's okay, sugar. How you doing? You overlook people who are sick in the head. That's good. You decide to see them that they have an issue. You're not their issue. They are their issue. And you just move on with your life. Now God is going to expose you. Yeah. And allow you to help other people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Ooh. See, you done done four of them that I wasn't ready for, so Ooh. you told got, me four. I got two more, but I'll be obedient. Should I be obedient or should I, or should I keep going? We'll go to a commercial. We'll be back in 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, you see the people, they're like, oh, dang. It's like, no, you're here. It's real. It's real. Can I ask you two more? Okay. Here it is. Give us a one-minute sermon on what can happen if you hook up with the wrong person. Yeah. Marriage, dating, business, friendship, even a coffee. You can go to coffee. You say this all the time. Ten minutes in coffee can cause you ten years of your life undoing ten, right? So what is your perspective in a one-minute sermon of hooking up with the right or the wrong person? Woo. Uh, I see two oxen. When you put two oxen together, they put a yoke around each one of them's neck. It's a yoke. Once that yoke is on you, a friendship, a marriage, a business encounter, once you're yoked to the person, you are now limiting yourself to the ability of that oxen. Doesn't matter how strong you are. If this oxen's not as strong as you or has the capacity to be as strong as you, you have limited yourself. So if I marry a woman, hey, Linnell, if I marry a woman, <laughs> if I marry a woman that doesn't have the yoking capacity of my dream, I have now limited myself to her. If she marries me and, and I, my seed is not big enough for her womb, now I'm limiting her. So you really need to be particular about who you yoke up with because they will determine how far you go. Some people who look good before the wedding. Whoa, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Before the business deal, before you join them in the study group, they look like they can do some stuff. Then you marry them. And they quit because their only goal was to get married. Yikes. And there okay. are some people. Wow. Okay. Okay. There are some people you married. You're trying to figure out why they gave up. All they ever want to do is just be married. They didn't want to build nothing. They just wanted to hang out with you. And you have become their prize. Now help me. Now, y'all don't be mad at me. Come back next Sunday. But, uh, but what you have to understand is once you become their prize, in their mind, they have reached all their goals. You was their goal. Now this person's going to stick their heels in the sand until they can make you comfortable with where they are. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. And before you know it, you'll be eating grass like a dog on the, in, the, on the, on, in the front yard. You'll be changing in ways you never thought you'd change. Because this person is yoked to you. And let me tell you something right now, though. God's not going to forgive you for the assignment on your life. Oh my God. Because you married 
a person that didn't want you to do it. He ain't going to forgive you. Come on, dog. That's so good. You're going to have to pay for that. That's good. My that's wife, my, my husband wouldn't let me. That's good. Mm -mm. You're going to be good. judged on the assignment of your life. That's good. So marry them if you want, but never make your spouse your God. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay, I only have two. Well, he ain't going to be happy. She's not going to be happy. It ain't your job to make nobody happy. Message. <laughs> That's good. And before you know it, you will throw your life That's good. into a chasm that cannot be filled. That's good. That's good. Okay, I'm done. That's good. So I only have two more. I have, I have two actual questions. These are actual. But you just questions. did. That was just the warm up. Was that the warm up? Thank you. Here it is. So you have this interesting relationship with self-talk and meditation, talking mm -hmm. to yourself. But you also have this interesting co correlation between how it's not prayer. So what is the difference between meditation and prayer? Okay, I, we can talk about it there, here in church? It's you, you own the place. Okay. <laughs> okay, the question is prayer, Meditation? Meditation. Okay. What's the difference in between the two? Because most of the time, you'll tell me to meditate before I pray. So what is more important, not more important, but what is the difference in between prayer and meditation? Okay, I'll do it like this. Number one, prayer is when I give God, who gave the earth to me and my life to me, prayer is when I say to him, I give you permission to interject yourself in my life. That's all prayer is. Prayer is giving him permission to give me insight. Meditation, Joshua 1, meditation is when God gives me insight, now I come inside. Mm. Because I want to turn what he said to me into me. I want to become his word for me. That's good. So I meditate on his word. I quietly meditate. And in meditation then, I start speaking to myself. Whatever God said to me in prayer, I'm meditating on it. I'm turning my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, my decision-making properties into the word he said. And I do that now by talking about it. God, you told me that you were going to use me to make changes. He's told Joshua, meditate. Joshua started muttering, muttering. There's negative muttering and there's positive muttering. Negative muttering goes like this around the house when you tell your child to do something and they don't do it So you punish them or spank them or whatever that is and now you've done that they're in their room in the corner But this is what you're doing in the house. I can't believe that child didn't do what I told him to do They should have done what I told him to do you're talking to yourself. You're talking out loud. You're muttering You're muttering they should do it. They should have done it and I'm telling just wait to their daddy get home I cannot believe this child. They better be glad. I didn't kill him a minute ago, right? That's muttering. On the positive side, it's like this. God, I thank you for calling me, and I heard your word, and I'm just becoming that word. I may not be ready to tell everybody yet, yeah. but I am that word. Yeah. I am what you said. I agree with what you said. I'm turning myself into that. I will not be silent. I will continue to worship you. I'll give you praise, God, when you do it in my life. When you show up in a great way, God, I'm going to give you glory for it. So now I have prayed, I have meditated, and I have spoken to myself about what God said. When I open the door in the morning and leave the house, I am what he said. I don't wait for life 
to tell me that I am what he said. I am what he said when I walk out of the house. Yeah. That's the difference. Good. Okay. So here it is. Last question. Why are you so bent on creating a church where its people are uncomfortable and under constant pressure? I didn't know I was doing that until I created people who hate me. Whoa, okay. So you're going there. Like, these people aren't here, like, for real. Oh, some of them may be in the room. It, yeah, it, you're, oh, you that guy today. Bet, let's do it. No, 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 no. I'm with it. Let's go. No, no, no. I'm listening. No, I no, don't know what is... this means, but. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, did, I didn't know. I didn't understand why people didn't like me. And the dichotomy was that some just loved me. And I figured out what we were doing here at AWC. That the earth doesn't change when you get saved. Hmm. When you come to Jesus, nothing happens. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's okay. That's good. You, you, you don't remember getting saved. Because at three, four, five, you were everywhere you went, you were in the houses with people who love God. But nothing changed when you got saved. Except your soul. The earth don't get better because you get saved. That's so good. That's so good. The only way the earth gets better is if you now find the hope of your calling. The world gets better when you accept who you are. The world gets better when you now, you now superimpose your calling on the world. When you go into the world and preach the gospel, the world changes. So, the only way we could make our church legitimate in this city is that we found our vision. Mm -hmm. And our vision is to turn regular saved people into people God can use. Right. We didn't know we were putting pressure on people's lives to change, yeah. but that's what it became. Yeah. And I can tell when a person doesn't want to go any further. Yeah, unbox that. That's you've, so good. Because you've, 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 they don't know how to tell me, Pastor Martin, back off. You've done enough. You've challenged me enough. You've given me enough stuff. Can we just come to church and just worship? They don't know how to just tell me that. Instead, they have to say, I'm leaving because you, you did something. You did something. I'm like, I ain't. I'm up here. I stay up here. I haven't even been in a conversation with you. Why are you writing me the email? I don't even know you. What they're saying is, that's as far as I want to go. And now that I'm telling you that's as far as I want to go, I want you to leave me alone. I don't know how to leave people alone. Come on, yeah. Come on, come on, come on. I don't come know on. how to do that. I don't come know on. how. I don't know how to do that. Everybody wants a trophy, but ain't nobody want to come to practice. It's like I, I don't. 
I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand Christians. Y'all, y'all lose me in my head. It makes no sense to me at all. That everybody wants some money, but you don't want to go through the pressure to learn that a penny turns into a nickel and a nickel into a dime and a dime into a quarter and a quarter into a dollar and a dollar into a hundred and a hundred into a thousand and a thousand and a hundred thousand and a hundred thousand into a million and a million into two million and two million. You don't want to understand how it works. So I'm like, stop clapping, stop singing, stop praying in tongues. You don't want to change. What, what are we doing? Well, the church is going to shrink. Hey, my church is his. Oh, you know, and no, none of that stuff matter. I'm great. I'm very wealthy and very healthy. I ain't, you know, I ain't got nothing to do with what that is. But if you're called here, if you're called here, your feet going to have to touch the ground. And you're going to eventually have to look. Your Elder Franklin said something this morning. He said, you, he said, people can look in the mirror at themselves. And a moment later when they leave the mirror, they don't even recognize themselves. Oh, wow. How are you going to change the world? And you won't even deal with yourself. So that's what AWC is for. And this is what I believe, Joshua. I believe there are thousands of people outside these walls that want to figure out who they are. And they want to be taught how to be disciples. Come on, man. Go ahead. I believe it. <laughs> Come on. I believe it with all my heart. They want to be taught how to be disciples. They want to make a difference. They want to go through the pressure. Yeah. They, want to, they want to go through the training. They want to go through the periods of loneliness and, and stretching and people challenging them so that they can discover their full potential. I believe it. And I believe that in the next generation, and I'm not leaving, but right. we're raising up a, next, a new generation, a whole new thing. I believe that in this next generation, it's time for us to tell Omaha because we've never told Omaha who we are. We've not publicized. We've not told people, this is what AWC is. This is what we're called to do. I believe that time is upon us, 2020. I believe that time is upon us. So we tell everybody, if you're ready to grow, if you're ready to make impact in your life, if you're ready to do some amazing things, we are the church that's designed to do that in this city. I believe that. Ambassador's Worship Center, Pastor Martin Williams. Can we give it up for him? Come on. <laughs> okay. All right. Been sweating all night when he told me that he was going to do that. I'm like, can you give me the questions? I'm not good on the fly. He says, no, I'm not going to give them to you. Sit down. I got, tw I got 25 minutes to share this with you this morning. And I'm, I'm excited to share it with you. Uh, the title is Me, Myself, and I. So a lot of the stuff we just said, uh, and uh, I love Joshua. I love Linnell and Callie, and I love my family here at AWC. Pastor Linnell is, hello, sweetheart. She's down south with her mom. There are four generations of them. Uh, 
together this weekend, just the girls, and uh, they're hanging out. Three generations. Yeah. Three generations of them hanging out there in Mississippi. They're having a great time, and we love them. Say me, me. myself, myself. And, I. and I. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the difference between the three. The difference between me, the difference between myself, and the difference between I. Here are the questions. Why should I know myself? Why should I know myself? Uh, is there a more important person than me? Is there, is there a more important person than me on the planet? Is there? Should I be selfish in my thinking? How do I feel about me? Now, these questions are very important, and there can be a lot of them concerning this. But here's the way it works. Because this is the truth. It doesn't matter where I go or who I'm with. There is one person I can't leave at home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wherever I go, I have to take me with me. So I bring me into everything. I bring me into every decision. I bring me... Hey. Dr. Hey, Dr. Lee, I bring me into everything. I bring me into, I bring me into business. I bring me into relationships. I bring me into conflict. I bring me into every opportunity. And if I don't know who me is, who I am, and who myself is, I'm in trouble. Google said this. Google said, I is the first, and I love it. Google said, I is the first person singular pronoun that is used as a subject in a sentence or clause. Example, I write the songs. Me is used as an object. Myself is a reflexive pronoun used when you are the object. Listen, you are the object of your own action. Which means, which means you are doing something to you. So there's three people when you walk up and talk to someone. You got to know if you're listening to me, <laughs> myself, or I. If they don't understand the difference in the three, you shouldn't do anything with them until they deal with themselves. We're talking about relationships, right? But I want to talk to you about your relationship with you. You and yourself alone. Not anyone else but you. Am I making sense at all? So now, uh, 1, John, 1 John 8, 18 through 22 says this. Uh, My little children, let us not learn, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Now watch this now. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Why? For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. This is what this scripture is saying. I can only have confidence before God if what I believe about myself is the truth about myself. Let me say it again. If what I believe about myself is not the truth about myself... I end up in a negative rotation in my spiritual vortex, in my soul. My mind, my will, my emotions aren't lining up. 
So I will do sporadic things. I'll end up outside of myself. My heart can't have confidence because it's not the same. It's not in agreement. Am I making sense? So I need to get me, myself, and I in agreement. (laughs) I've got to learn how to be one. The same all the time. Well, here comes Martin. Here comes Betty. We don't know what they're going to be today. Got a friend like that? I said, do you have a friend like that? You're like, "Mm mm-hmm, and I'm that friend, Pastor. I am that friend. I don't know who I'm going to be tomorrow. I don't know who I'm going to be next week. It depends on whether the sun comes out. It depends on whether Nebraska loses another game. (laughs) It depends on who's in the White House. So watch this. Me. Me is the objective view of yourself. Say me. Me Me is when I can look at myself, not with the influence of personal feelings or opinions or uh, considering whatever the facts represent. Me is when I can look at myself objectively. No judgment, but just pointed facts about me. And most people can't do this. Why? Because this takes a lot of energy. It's like being a third party in your life. Say third party. A third party steps into your life. Don't get bored with this. It's going to change your money and your honey if you get this right. This third party looking at me will not judge me but simply show me where I'm missing it. What I need to change. So years ago, this happened to me. Our church was three, four, five years old. And the criticism about Harvest Tabernacle at the time, I was told by lots of ministers, we don't need another church in Omaha. We don't need another church in Omaha. We don't know why you're here. We don't know what's going on. Why don't you join with us? You got 30 people over there. Why are you here? And I'm like, I do get that. I get what you're saying. So finally, God, God took me outside of what they were saying. Can I talk for two minutes? He took me outside of what they're saying and he brought me out so I could look at myself. And here's what the Lord told me to say to myself objectively. Objectively. Uh, Martin, third party, Martin is intimidated by the pastors in Omaha. And he feels very uncomfortable around them. He's not sure of himself. This objective voice did not judge me. It simply told me What was going on with Martin? I'm not Martin. I'm just listening. I'm not taking it personally. Well, I can't believe the Lord would say that about me. No, he's not saying that about me. I'm taking an objective view of myself. It's not God. It's me looking at myself standing back. So because I understood me, me, I am making myself objective. The me in me, I said, okay, I need to deal with this. How do I deal with this? I need to find my niche. I need to find my voice in the kingdom. I need to find out why our church should exist. So I wrote a vision. I rewrote our vision. And then when I was with these pastors, I could calmly say, this is the design of our church. This is what we're called to be. This is what we're called to do. They said, wow, we haven't heard of that before. I was like, yep, that's right. That's what we're doing. I don't know how to do it, but this is what we, this is what we is. So now I have confidence in front of pastors and every pastor's meeting. As a matter of fact, I led three pastor's groups. 
I brought them together to help them find out what their visions were in this city. A lot of churches that are influenced in the city is because I led pastors groups. They may not tell you that. Hmm? And privately, my, um, my phone rings all week. Hey, Martin, what you doing about that? Martin, what you think about that? Hey, Martin, we're thinking about this. How do we do it? Who you know at the bank? You got an accountant? You, you got somebody to know how to do this? You got a building? I mean, what do, what do you do? And it's like, it's like once I determined who I was, I could feel comfortable in front of anybody. Tell somebody next to you, you need to feel comfortable around anybody. It don't matter how good they are. Come on. It don't matter how good they are, what they do. Come on, talk to your neighbor. Tell him, can't nobody do it like you, sugar. No. No, can't nobody do it like you. Your biscuit is different from every other biscuit coming out of the oven. But you don't get there until you discover me. And you've got to be comfortable looking at yourself. Can I, can I go to the end? Because other people will tell you the same thing. They'll tell you, Martin, you're uncomfortable around other preachers. You need to deal with this. But I don't know their motive. I don't know what they're getting at. They're trying to bring me down most of the time. They're not trying to build me up and encourage me. They're telling me what they observe because they want to point out my flaws. Talk to me. Most people cannot see you objectively because they're trying to take the splinter out of your eye, but they got a light pole in theirs. The best view of you will be you stepping back, saying, oh, hmm. Joe has an issue with this. Now, how can I change this issue objectively and change my life? Making sense? You have to be able to watch yourself become something you don't want to be. You, not, not your friend, not your wife, not your business partner. Forget them. Because you can, you, have you ever cooked for a lot of people so you got to cook 12 or more eggs in the same pan? You got 12 eggs right here. You got a whole dozen. You put 11 in the pan, you're stirring them, and there's only one bad egg in the carton. One bad one. When you put that bad egg in with the others, what you got? Right. That's what relationships are like. It can be real good till you show up. Or real good till someone else shows up. <laughs> I'm boring you. So the objective is, the objective is, if I want to help my wife who's on this plane with me, and my children sitting behind me in first class. If I want to help them, the best thing I can do for them is put the mask on first. That may not make sense. No, I got a baby over here. I'm going to put the mask on her first. So she has a mask on her. And in 10 seconds, the oxygen is depleted in the plane. And now I'm dead. The plane lands and breaks up. Who going to take the baby off the plane? Y'all ain't stopping to get my baby. Y'all going to get off this John Brown plane. You gone. So I've literally left my baby vulnerable because I did not take care. And you're sitting here in this place this morning. You don't feel an anointing, but you feel the truth. Everybody around you starts to die because you can't breathe. 
And church has taught you to feel guilty to take a breath, fresh breath of air. Church, oh no, you need to be humble. No, you need to go somewhere on a beach. Forget that kid who needs another pair of shoes. Get your happy booty on a plane. Go somewhere you're going to enjoy. Stick your toes in the sand and drink your virgin pina colada. And sit down. Go eat some food you love. (laughs) Do something for yourself. Because if you don't do something for yourself, you can't help me. You can't help the people around you. And no, no. Okay, close your eyes and say this to your neighbor. Close your eyes, say this to your neighbor. And just say to them, some people will suck you dry. And just tell them I wasn't talking about you. I was talking to you. I wasn't, I wasn't saying it was you. So, but, but, okay, okay, let me hurry up. But this is difficult. Why is it difficult? It's difficult to be objective about yourself. Because, number one, we're attached to ourselves at the hip. You notice the junk you do more than you notice the junk other people do. You are so hard on yourself. You remind yourself all the time of the mistakes you make. You can remind yourself of every failure. Your prayer life turns into, well, God, I really failed over there, but let me help. That was 15 years ago. (laughs) We're attached to ourselves. Number two, we're too prideful to detach. Because if I detach myself and start to look at myself, and I'm the pastor, I'm the pastor, but I detach. And I say to the congregation, I had to go get some counseling. I had to figure me out. I had to spend some time, me and my wife or someone to help us through this. I had to go to Peru just so I could have a one-hour conversation with Dr. Monroe. So when I say that, then people are like, ooh, our pastor's unstable. So is you. <laughs> You ain't fooling nobody. You ain't fooling nobody. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody believe that lie. You be walking up here with your Chanel on and your hair all up and your high heels on. We know you in trouble. We all know you got issues. You don't think we know, but we know you got issues. But those who have issues love everybody. They be like, people be like, oh, I just, child, I know what you're talking about. But if you just hang in there, child, I'm telling you, God will bring you through this. It's also difficult for us because we got a lot of distractions. I'm getting, I'm getting over my time. Say myself. myself. Say myself. myself. Myself is the subjective view of me. Me is when I can be objective. I can stand back. Subjective, myself, is when I live my life through the lens of what happened to me. This is a long scripture, but we need to read it. Watch this now. It's so good. Then he, Jesus, this is Mark 6, 1 through 6. Can we read it? Then he went out from there and came to his own country. And his disciples, this is going to be so good, y'all. Don't miss this. Please don't miss this. Take, go ahead and take your shoes off right now. Take your shoes off. Let your toes curl up. You need to write these notes down. Okay. This is so good. And, and uh, 
when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get all these things, this wisdom? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are being performed by his hands? Here we go. Watch this now. But is this, is this not the carpenter boy? The, the, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and we know all his people. We grew up next door to him in the projects. We know who this joker is right here. He might be healing people, but this Jesus, we just call him Nutrod. This is, this is BB. This is Turkey Toe. This is Sandra Ann. This is Billy Ray. <laughs> we don't know what this magic is he doing, but this is Bobby Earl. This is Pookie, Ray Ray, and Eugene. We know this guy. Watch this now. Now, we know all him. Are not these his sisters? Joanne's standing right back there. This is his sister. This, this, we know him. He ain't fooling nobody. So because we knew him, they were offended at him. Watch this now. They're offended at him. This is going to be so good right here. But Jesus said to them, <laughs> a prophet is not without honor except, watch Jesus, among his own and in his Don't expect people who knew you to know you. They ain't going to know you. You got to go away and get famous sometimes. <laughs> and then come back home. What y'all think going to happen when Kanye go to a church in Chicago and preach on a Sunday? What y'all think going to happen? Are they going to have room for people? Now, I know some of y'all, Kanye ain't saved. Get out of that business. You ain't God. Stay out of that. Leave that alone. Shut up. I mean, no. Shh. Be quiet. Leave that to God. Don't. They ain't saved. He married to that Kardashian girl. Listen. Just because he ain't with you don't mean he ain't with God. We need a couple billionaires that can write some checks. Anyway, where was I at? I got distracted. Last verse. Now he could do no mighty work there except he laid a hand on a few sick people and healed them. That's all he could do is heal some people. <laughs> then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Can I tell you something? The people talking in this verse were from Nazareth too. L let me help you. So when Bartholomew said these words, what good can come out of Nazareth? He said that because he was from Nazareth too. You're going to get this. The people talking in this verse were born next to Jesus. With him. So were they rejecting him or themselves? See, you're going to get this. Some people ain't mad at you. 
They're mad at them. Why won't my friend celebrate me? Because they can't celebrate. And that's why you got to go to me. You got to be objective so you don't be looking at people. I just can't believe she treated me like that. She's not treating you like that. She's treating herself like that because she doesn't like her. They don't hate you. She's a hater. No. She is a hater, but it's not you she hates. She can't stand herself. So now when she sees you, she says, how you going to live like that? We from the same place. We grew up on the block together. Now, now you act like you something. I get told that a lot when I go home. You think you're something. And I say, I do. I think I'm something. I know I'm something. I'm experiencing something. And I'm not going to go back to nothing so you can feel comfortable with me. Can I, 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 I'm not, I'm not doing it. You, can, can I help you? Some people, some people don't want you to be who you are. But let me ask you a question. If you became who they want you to be, would they be happy? Huh? Huh? If they mad at you because you can drive what you want, if you start walking, will they be happy with you? The best, say it out loud, preach it for me. Put your hand on your ear and preach for a minute. Put your hand on your ear and say, in the name of Jesus. Say, ha! In the name of Jesus. The best thing I can do for people is succeed. That's the, best, that's the best thing you can do for people is succeed. Don't worry about it. They ain't going to be happy with you no way. They're not going to be happy when you succeed. They don't. People have issues. And they're looking at you through their So don't take their issues. Don't let them superimpose themselves on you. Tell them to go home and paint their own face. Don't paint my face with how you see me. Paint your own face. That's your face. That's, that's you right there. Do whatever you want with that. But you can't bring your little brush over here and try to straighten out my eyebrows. These is my eyebrows. And I don't want you to cut my eyebrows. It's a unibrow. I was born with it, and I keep my unibrow because it's going to make me famous. So I'm going to shoot the basketball, and everybody's going to tweet about my unibrow. I want to I keep it so you can keep talking about me. I don't want to be like you. I got a unibrow. I was born with the unibrow. I like my unibrow. I'm a model. I was great. I was real skinny. Now I got hips and curves everywhere. So I'm going to stop being a model. No, just flip the script. Change your title. 
curvy model, not skinny model. This is what I'm doing. Well, you should go somewhere with your fat self. Listen, I got 25 million people following me because there's a lot of people out there who thought they was fat too. I just showed them fat is lovely. This is what it is. Let it jiggle and wiggle and be everywhere. It's a beautiful thing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be so descriptive. But, but the deal is, there, if you, oh God, if you're ever going to do something for God, you got to have some people who don't understand you, who see you as their problem. But don't take it on yourself. They ain't mad at you. They're mad at themselves. But all of you said, what good can come out of, what good can come out of Nazareth? He wasn't talking about Jesus. He was talking about him. Self. So you got you got to do. You can. Okay, can I say that? Jesus's friends are saying, "You just like us." We won't believe nothing about it. Jesus didn't break down like most of people. People, y'all stay off Facebook with this junk. People don't like me. None of y'all have nothing to do with my decisions. I'm going to be myself. Stop telling Facebook. When they tell Facebook, it means they haven't had a conversation with themselves. When you have a conversation with you, you don't put it on social media. You threw it in your head. <laughs> but when you tell me on social media, you tell me you're gutless, you don't know who you are, and you just can't live it. You haven't had a conversation. And now everybody liking it and commenting. Me too, child. No, you too, too. You haven't had the conversation. Let's start that me too movement. Yeah, me too, too. I, yeah, right. I don't know who I am. And I want to tell people who I am. So now when I see people who post, I used to. I got off the mess. It's like when I see people who post and I walk up to them and they said something on Facebook, I'd be like, yeah, dap me up. Wow, you know who you are. Way, praise God. It's wonderful. But when I start dapping them, they stand there like they don't know how to look at me. I said, so you lied on social media? You just lied. Why are you lying? Ask your neighbor, why are you lying? Not lying, lying. Why are you lying? Just lying. Why? That, that, it's not even important. And now, once one of us know you lying. And so people go to your Facebook and your Instagram. They don't want to do business with you. They don't want to like you. They don't want to hire you. They don't want to do nothing with you because you talk too much and they know you're not telling the truth about yourself. Somebody said, I got to fall in love with me again. Just me. Just fall in love with me. Your marriage will be solved if you like yourself. Okay. I had one more, didn't I? I. I is the perception of the world, Joshua, 
based on God's plan for you. When you use the word I, what follows should be what God thinks of you. Not objective, not subjective. This is all God. Jesus said this. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness, listen to what he said. Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is, listen to what he's saying. He says, when I talk about me, I'm telling the truth about me. <laughs> if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. Why? For I know I know where I came from, and I know where I am. So when I talk, I talk about the truth about me. You don't have to believe it's true. I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need I do not need you to believe it's true. Well, I need some friends to believe in me. You need one friend, and he or she is between your ears. People can tell when you need them. I train my children not to need. They got criticized for it as youngsters in school. I don't need nobody. Don't need to bully. Don't need nobody. Don't need none of them. You don't need none of them. If you write on the inside, the bully will bully you one day and the next day they will leave you alone because they know you don't care. It's like, whatever, dude, go sit down somewhere. He said, I know where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from and where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet, if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone. Listen to what he says. But I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true, me and God. The testimony of two men is true. Me and God. I am one, I'm, I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of. Here are the five things you need to know. You need to know. You need to know who you are. You need to know where you come from. You need to know where you're going. You need to know what you can do. And you need to know why you are. Why am I? Not why am I here. Why am I? Why am I, period? You need to know these things. Can I give you the answers? First question is what? So ask yourself, who am I? Out loud. You are God's child. You're not what happened to you. You're not what you're going through. You're not what someone said. You're not the picture someone else paints. You are God's child. You came out of him. Period. Point blank. That's who you are. You are not black. You are not white. You're not a man. You're not a woman. You are God's child. You are spirit first. In the body he puts you in. So why would you react to someone who don't like your skin? It's ridiculous. It's not who you are. Forget them. They're just sick in the head. 
Can, oh, can I say that up in this church? Yes. Don't, don't fight it. Don't pay no attention. Don't, don't try to convince nobody. You are spirit. You are God embodied. What else do you need to know? You need to know where you come from. I came from God. No, uh, 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 you from Mississippi. No, I landed in Mississippi. I'm not from Mississippi. I came from heaven to Mississippi because that's where I was needed. <laughs> Talk to me. Where you come from? You came from God. Get that clear in your head. When you go to do business, you go to do anything for God in the kingdom. When you show up, come from God. Don't come from your apartment. Don't come from your mom and them. Come from God. Because what God has for you, your mom and them can't buy. Three, you need to know where you're going. Where are you going? You need to be clear about this. Where are you going? You're going back to God. You're on a journey, and at the end, you'll be with God unified again one day. You're going back to him. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. Be quiet. Why would you say that? <laughs> the world's not going to hell. The world is going to God. It's not a bad life. It's how you look at it. It's what you decide to see. This too much? Is this too much? It's what you decide to see. And seeing is your decision. Number four, you need to know what you can do. Can we be clear? Can we be clear about your potential? Don't get mad at me. But if you came from God and God can do stuff, what can you do? If the cow, if the, if the cow can moo, what should the calf be practicing? <laughs> Are you with me? If the snake can slither, what should the baby snake be practicing? If the lion can roar, what must the cub practice? You need to be practicing God stuff. Creating. Creating. Not living in your world, creating a world for yourself. You should not be taking what this world gives you. If you don't like it, create something new. That ain't in the Bible. That ain't in the Bible. Well, what does the Bible mean when it says you'll have what you say? Speak those things that be not as though they were. Ask and you shall receive. What does the Bible mean if it don't mean that? I don't have to live the way I'm living. I can create a whole new life for myself. Can I tell you something, the truth? Okay, y'all might, might not be okay with this. There are some folks that don't like who you are. 
But if you go ahead and become who you're supposed to, who you're supposed to be, if you would just go ahead and go up a level, there's a lot of friends up there. <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna like this. We on vacation. And we had paid for stuff we didn't know we paid for. So we're hanging out. It's so beautiful. The place is just immaculate. I love taking my wife. I love going to these places, right? Place is so beautiful. Just restaurants and, and beach and weather and music and f- food and fun and games. I was having a good time. And somebody came to me. They said, aren't you, aren't you a VIP guest? I said, yeah, bring me another drink. <laughs> They said, seen alcohol? I said, yes, seen alcohol. I don't want no alcohol in it, but I want it pretty. I want you to put just as much work in it. The man said to me, you are not experiencing all you paid for. I said, sure enough. Uh, uh, I said, talk to me. I wasn't embarrassed about being ignorant. I want him to show me what I was missing. He said, he said, get your wife and come with me. He said, never mind. You have paid for us to move your stuff. So you leave all your stuff, take your wife, and follow me. I said, come on, girl. Let's go. <laughs> he took us up an elevator. We stepped off the elevator, and there was a concierge there. He said, hello, Mr. Williams. I'm like, you knew who I was? And I've been here two days. And you've been up here waiting for me? Yes, Mr. Williams, we're sorry. We tried to contact you. We couldn't get in touch with you. You've missed two days of fabulousness. But now, Mr. Williams, we're going to make it up to you. I said, come on, girl, you're walking too slow. Come on. He said, these are your cabanas. I said, you mean we got a hotel room outside? He said, yes. What would you like to eat in your cabana? What would you like to drink? Oh, no. Pedro knows what y'all were drinking downstairs. He'll fix up everything for you. He knows the wings your wife likes. He knows what you like. Just lay right here. Just adults up there. The view was amazing. The food was top notch. They knew you by name. What room you were in. When you got back to your room, they had sent stuff you ate upstairs to your room. It's in your room. And I'm like, what is this? And God said to me, don't let ignorance and ignorant people keep you on that level. Let people leave you. Okay. Y'all ain't ready. People leaving you is a sign of elevation. Okay, y'all not going to be, you're not going to understand. Don't be mad. When When that rocket is sitting on the pad, Everything is attached to it. <laughs> Gangplank, stuff plugged in. It's just sitting there. Sitting there. Everything's attached. When they get ready to launch, 
<laughs> Some stuff backs up. <laughs> the engineers in the room will tell you, when they get, when they in the launch se uh, sequence, stuff starts unplugging. Backing up. When it ignites, it goes with no attachments. But if it flies, it'll get to the place where there's no gravity. And things become easier. Me, myself, and I. Fall in love with yourself. Fall in love with your ideas, your dream. I need you to. Because if you fall in love with you, you ain't going to have a problem loving me. It's when you don't like you that you make it hard for me to like you. Listen, fella, can I, can I do this? It's family series. Okay, I'm, I'm about five minutes over. Let me put my hand on my hip and say this. You, 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 you really have to find out if the person you're getting ready to marry likes themselves. If they don't like themselves, they're going to make you and give you the job of making them feel liked. Now, don't look down or scratch your head right now because I know I'm talking to you. Don't let me know I'm talking to you. That's, that won't be good. So just keep your head up. Be stoic. Don't, don't do nothing. Right? <laughs> That's right. Just laugh. But don't go like this because I know I'm talking to you. But you, you, when you become the happiness for a person, you become their God. And now you have to supply to them everything they need to be happy. But the issue is they can't be happy because they haven't dealt with themselves. Why come to Jesus? You don't just come to Jesus to get saved. You don't need fire insurance. I want to get my soul saved so I don't go to hell. Let me help you out. There's a hell afterlife. I believe in it. But I think the worst hell is the one you live in on earth. You come to Jesus so that he can restore me, myself, and I. I want to be vulnerable for about a minute. When I was 48, God said to me, I have to prepare you for 58. And it's going to take me 10 years to do it, Martin. And I just said, yes, Lord. I'm like, you know, I didn't know what it meant. He gave me an objective view of myself and I saw myself. I saw, I saw the issues in my life. But it was weird for me because I had never been taken to a spiritual objective place. Does that make sense? 
And as I was looking at myself objectively, I didn't like him. I didn't like him at all. And I saw the limitation of this guy. I saw his limitation. And God said, I'm going to use you at 58 in an amazing way. But it's going to take me, it's going to take me some time to build you into that person. And he said, Martin, these were his words. Whatever you do, whatever you do, Martin, don't kill yourself in the process. I went into a place I felt like was depression. Dr. Monroe knew, Pastor Strong knew, the board knew, elders knew. I sat in this seat right here while many preached from this pulpit. I received the judgment of many people who did not understand where I was. And I couldn't explain it because I didn't know where the heck I was. <laughs> but yet I had a promise of 58 and the Lord showed me, Martin, your father died a month before he was 58. He said, but I'm going to let you see 58. And at 58, I'm going to do some things in and through your life that you could have only imagined. And some of those things are unfolding now in my life. I'll be 58 in April next year. Right? I know I look 45. So, there are times you might, when you're dealing with yourself, you may go through days when you're not even connected to yourself. And it would seem like in many cases, it would be fine with you if you were no longer here. That the pressure of changing into what God wants you to be is too much. I want to say to you today, it's not too much. Don't die in this process. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's message. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you are interested in not missing any other videos that we upload, make sure to click the subscribe button down below. Also, if this message has impacted you in such a way, you can also click the link down below to donate and to give to our ministries here at Ambassadors Worship Center. Anyway, thank you so much and we'll see you next week.